Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live at twitch.tv slash run jump stomp. This particular episode of Switchcraft was brought to you by Scott Remick. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Episode 177 of Switchcraft is brought to you by OPSeat. Head over to runjumpstomp.com slash OPSeat to directly support the show and get a fantastic gaming chair that can support you. I'm sitting in one right now, and it's great. Okie dokie. Well, we've got a bunch of news stories, uh, all kind of related to the same thing. And uh, so we're going to hit a bunch of that stuff right at the beginning. The first one being that Mr. Kimishima, uh, Tatsumi Kimishima, he was uh, formerly the CEO of Nintendo of America. And then he was he's really a banking guy. Uh, and it was really a big surprise when uh, Satori Iwata passed away. And they said Mr. Kimishima is going to take over as interim CEO while they figure out where they're going to go from this. And and he said, uh, and I think it was one of his first interviews, he said, look, I am going to be executing the plans set in place by Mr. Iwata. Uh, that is my job, uh, is to fulfill on what Mr. Iwata wanted. And a lot of people think that Mr. Kimishima did a great job. And I know a lot of people like me were very nervous when he was named because we're like, a banking guy? I mean, before this, we had we had a gamer that wore his heart on his sleeve who worked his way up through the ranks as a programmer. And that was that was our our CEO of Nintendo. And to have it that, that guy replaced by a banker was really just something a lot of people were worried about. But Mr. Kimishima did such a wonderful job uh, executing the plans that Mr. Iwata had set forth uh, before he passed away. And, well, now, Mr. Kimishima, we always knew that he was going to be an interim CEO, that he was going to be uh, around for just a little while. And honestly, I'm surprised that it was as long as it was, but he... He definitely executed Mr. Iwata's plans, and now they have found their successor. And their successor is somebody who grew up playing the Famicom, and that is Shintaro Furukawa. Uh, here is a picture of him, and if you're watching the video on YouTube, you can see a picture of him uh, sitting next to Mr. Kibishima. Uh, he talked a little bit about what his, his vision was for Nintendo. And my guess is that we're going to be seeing... A lot of things change uh, with Nintendo as we now have this much, much younger generation uh, taking the mantle. He is 22 years younger uh, than uh, Mr. Kimishima. Uh, that's a big, big j difference. Uh, he said that uh, uh, Mr. S uh, Satoshi Kurihara, uh, he's an analyst. He said the key thing here is that the management is get getting younger 
and they will have to execute the switch's growth plan. Uh, so in that sense, it is a new start. And that's the thing that I want to think about for just a second is that up until now, Mr. Kimishima has said, I am executing the plans that Mr. Iwata had set forth. But now I think that we have done whatever it is that everything that Mr. Iwata had his fingers in, everything that he had a part of, we're probably past that by now. And now we're going to be executing new plans. And are they plans set forth by Mr. Kimishima or is it by Mr. Furukawa, who actually joined Nintendo back in 1994? Wait, uh, wait, really? 1994? Wow. Okay. That, that's surprising. He is that. Hold on. Let me look real quick. That does not make sense. It says here, Furukawa joined Nintendo in 1994 and worked in global marketing, served on the board. Oh, okay. So I guess that seems like a really long time ago for somebody who is uh, who is uh, 46 years old. 1994. Okay, well, I guess so. Uh, let's let's move on. Uh, so he ended up uh, saying, um, let me look for the quote here. Uh, gosh, let me pause for a sec. Uh, here's the quote from Mr. Furukawa. He said, I grew up playing the Famicom and come from that generation. Now... As a member of the management with with Super Mario creators Shigeru Miyamoto, I have a lot of respect for him. On the other hand, with this new job, that can't just be it. So I expect to say what needs to be said to run the company. Um, those are some pretty strong words from Mr. Furukawa. And I am really, uh, I, I don't know if I'm trepidatious. I don't know if I'm nervous about it, but... Uh, you know, just the way that he said that, and it could be a translation error, but that seems like he doesn't like the way that things have been going. And I think by most accounts, most people would say that Nintendo is doing really, really well. So I don't think that that's the way it, it, it was meant. It probably just seems like, uh, something that's lost in translation. Uh, and there's really, uh, no way to know. Um, also something that they talked about is, um, with replacing um, Mr. Kimishima, which won't happen until June and the board has to approve that, is some sales data. So let's take a look at the top selling uh, video games <clears throat> for Nintendo Switch. Now, if you had, had asked me, uh, Bill, what game do you think is going to be the number one selling game on Nintendo Switch? I would say, well, that's going to be Breath of the Wild and I would be wrong. Uh, it is Super Mario Odyssey, which is crazy because that game sold... 10 million units in just six months 10 million units that is bananas i mean zelda had a big head start on super mario odyssey but <laughs> but 10 million units i mean zelda only sold i say only sold but it, it only sold comparatively only uh 8.48 million units and something that I thought would have been a lot higher would be Splatoon 2. Like, that game is insanely popular in Japan, and it's pretty popular outside Japan, too. So only selling 6 million units is a big surprise. Uh, the one huge disappointment that I'm looking at here is ARMS, 1.85 million units. That's really, really low compared to what I thought it would be. And another one that's really low compared to what I thought it would be is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, and I know that game just came out in December, 
but I would have thought that it would have uh, sold a lot more than that, especially with all of the, the support that Nintendo has been throwing uh, its way. I would have, I would have thought that it would have done much, much better than that. Uh, in addition to the sales data for um, for uh, software, we also have hardware sales data. Uh, so this is actually pretty pretty surprising. Um, I would have probably guessed that Nintendo sold around 16 million units since uh, since the Nintendo Switch came out, but it's actually uh, 17. Point eight million units uh, of hardware were sold for the Nintendo Switch, which is really amazing. Now, that is total units sold. So if you're watching the YouTube video and you're looking next to it and you see the, the Nintendo 3DS sold 72 million units, that's in its lifetime. Okay, so we're comparing the, the, the lifetime sales, whereas the Wii U uh, lifetime sales only sold 13.56 million units. So uh, in that first year, the Switch outsold the Wii U, no problem. And uh, in the in the Wii U's lifetime, it only it had a software sales of 102 uh, million units, whereas in just the first year of the Nintendo Switch lifetime, they sold 68. Oh well, actually 69 million units if you round up, uh, which is pretty amazing. I think that the Switch is doing very very well. And that's why I was, you know, a little surprised by the comments of Mr. Furukawa. Um, however, you know what? I Like I said, I think it's probably uh, going to be, that's a translation thing, and uh, we'll see. Uh, also announced at the, actually, I don't think it was announced there, but it kind of came out at exactly the same time, was that Nintendo also applied for some new trademarks. They applied for trademarks for Mario Tennis, Mario Party, Paper Mario, Dr. Mario, and punch out now when i look at this i think okay well mario tennis punch out and dr mario we all we've just received um what's the word uh, we, we just had new games for for all of, the, of those three uh come out in the last year so mario tennis is about to come out dr mario uh we haven't had a new game come out but we have had uh it announced that dr mario is going to be one of the games that comes out when uh, the online service uh, launches in September, and that was also confirmed at the uh, pre- uh, at the um, the press conference, uh, or I don't know if it was a press conference or not. Maybe confirmed in a press release uh, that we will be getting that in September. And uh, Punch Out just uh, had um, the arcade archives version uh, version come out on the Nintendo Switch. So of the five things that were just registered for trademarks, we've got Mario Tennis. Uh, Punch Out and Dr. Mario, we all we have new games of all of those, and then we've got Mario Party and Paper Mario, which we don't have new games of yet. So I expect we'll probably hear something uh, about uh, Paper Mario and uh, uh, Mario Party at E3 this year. Uh, not not a guarantee, but probably. I'm not sure. Uh, TF Wagner says we're already getting a better tennis, so I'm just asking for bowling. Oh, that's because, okay, let, let me rewind just a little bit in chat. Um, I hope this means, oh, TF Wagner says, I hope this means we're getting Wii Bowling. Uh, and then uh, Fisto says, I thought twas Wii Sports 2. Uh, and then TF Wagner made the comment about uh, wanting a new bowling. And you know what? I, I That kind of brings up an interesting conundrum. Would you guys be interested if Nintendo released 
Wii Sports as like uh like just the original Wii Sports that came out on the Wii would pe- do you guys think that that people would be interested in picking that up again for the Nintendo Switch? I mean it's it's obvious that the Joy-Cons are capable of that. All the button configurations probably aren't in the right spots for some of that stuff. Um, I'd be interested to see if people want that kind of thing. Uh, personally, I don't want Wii Bowling. If, we, if we're if we going to get a bowling game, I want it to be Waluigi Lanes. I want it to have motion controls as an option, not requirement. And um, I think that that would be cool as you are running the bowling alley as Waluigi, but you can also play bowling as a player as well. All right, so... Um, that is a whole bunch of news, and I was able to squeeze that down to a svelte 10, uh, not 10, 12 minutes. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. The Atari 2600. Now get up to $30 in rebate offers plus a free Pac-Man. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, I left out a big story, and that is that Nintendo's mobile IP, that's Super Mario Run, uh, Animal Crossing, Pocket Camp, I can never remember the name of that, and Fire Emblem Heroes, uh, plus probably, uh, I can't, um, what is the, Miitomo, like that kind of stuff. Uh, they made Nintendo a lot of money. This is via Nintendo Life. Uh, it says here that Nintendo's mobile IP have brought in a massive 39.3 uh, billion yen. And according to uh, Nintendo Life, this is a 62% year-on-year increase. That is a big increase. So that means whatever they made last uh, uh, fiscal year, the money that they made the next fiscal year went up by 62%. That is a ridiculously large number. Now, why is that number so big? Well, the the reason that that number is so big is a couple reasons. First off, uh, it has to do with when those games launched. So most of those games launched in the new fiscal year i think the only one to launch before that was super mario run and that was the lowest earning of all of their platform or i'm sorry of all of their mobile offerings uh then we had fire emblem heroes and the animal crossing game those both came out the same year actually pretty close together in fact and because of that uh that's where you see that huge 62 percent increase uh so I, i i think that that's definitely something that is got to be pretty enticing to Nintendo. Nintendo's probably looking at that, you know, their eyes are popping out of their head with big dollar signs, or in the case of Nintendo, big yen signs, um, about, wow, we're making a lot of money on this mobile thing, uh, which I hate that. I really hate that they're making so much money on mobile. I mean, it's not that I don't want Nintendo to be successful, but I want them to be successful uh, making the kind of games that I want, you know? But that's just me being selfish, I guess. Give a man an Atari game and he'll turn into a little boy. But don't worry, he'll be grown up enough to share it. Have you played Atari today? So I've been talking a lot about this game, Streets of Red. Uh, I did a preview video. I did a full review video. I've been talking to the developer on email um and i gotta say i'm really really impressed with the game and it looks like i'm not the only one by the way if you haven't checked out that video make sure you go to my youtube channel youtube.com slash run jump stomp check out my review of that game decide if you want to pick it up yourself too long didn't watch it's awesome you should pick it up now uh streets of red is a very small game made by a very small 
developer from a very small island of Singapore. All right. So uh, this is from the developer uh, secret base. And they said, um, being based so far away in SEA, it was never easy making indie games, which are usually targeted at a Western audience. Yet after five years since I first sat down to decide that this is a game I want to make, the game has finally launched with such positive result I could never have imagined. Reviewers in general have been really nice to us, giving us a solid 8 or above, often comparing us to Scott Pilgrim and Castle Crashers. Sales-wise, it's more than I dare hope for. In fact, at the time of writing this, Streets of Red is actually ranked 9th on the Nintendo Europe eShop best-selling chart, having sold more than 10,000 copies. We have managed to recoup our porting and development costs in just under 10 days. They continue, this is completely unexpected, as one would know. If you have been following my Twitter account, I have largely refused to look at our sales because for the longest time, I just want to enjoy the comments and feedback from players or reviewers, my new friends and old ones, rather than uh, sighing over sales I did not have. I was... Uh, until It was until one game tweeted an image... I guess I don't understand that sentence. Somebody tweeted an image of Streets of Rage, Streets of Red, ranking 14th. That I started to realize what happened. Uh, still not really understanding it. Uh, then they said that's not the end. However, moving forward, we have some plans for updates, contents, and maybe gifts for our supporters. Uh, we'll take some time, but hopefully soon. So that sounds like we're going to be getting new content for Streets of Red. Which is awesome. I like that game is already really great, and I feel like there's a whole lot of re replayability there. So the fact that it sold so well on the Nintendo Switch and recouping their porting costs in such a short amount of time, that makes me really, really happy for them, and really, really happy for us too, because that means hey, they can they can afford to continue to develop this game. I'm gonna kind of link this in in a really strange way to skies of fury uh, skies of fury is another game that i recently um reviewed and you can check that review out on my youtube channel again uh but a lot of like one of the things i said in the review is that i had spoken to the developer and they said that they really want to include network play but it isn't something that they can do now and uh this is an example of exactly what it's like to be a small developer like the, it costs money to port a game from one system to another it costs money to develop a game and i got a lot of comments on my youtube video saying i can't believe that the developers and i'm talking about skies of fury i can't believe those developers are holding back network play and i just want to say because i got a lot of comments like that it's not that the, that that developer has decided, well, we've got this network play all done and we're just going to hold it back and see if we get good sales before we, re we release it. They have released what they planned on releasing and people are asking them, can you add online play to this? And their answer has been, well, it really depends on the sales because we have the costs that we uh, we incurred a bunch of debt probably in order to put out this game. And now that it's out, if we are able to recoup the money that we have spent in order to develop this game, well, then sure, we'll try and work on network play. But a lot of people are taking that the wrong way, and they're saying that it's like holding network play hostage. And when Streets of Red said this, a lot of people were like, yeah, thank you. That's awesome. You guys are going to continue developing the game. 
But if Streets of Red didn't sell as well as it has been selling right now, we wouldn't be looking at possibly getting new content from them down the road. So I feel like this is something where, yes, it's definitely a communications issue uh, on the part of the developers of Skies of Fury, uh, where they seem to have stumbled in the way that they want to communicate that. And Sky uh, Streets of Rage, they didn't stumble on the way that they want to communicate it. But it's basically the same idea. And a lot of people are lauding uh, Streets of Red uh, and, um, you know, shouting down at Skies of Fury. And I think that they're both these small developers with low amounts of capital and they have to figure out where can I afford to uh, make my improvements. And they made their decisions. And, you know, if we get... Uh, Skies of Fury with network play down the road, it'll be because it sold really well. And if it doesn't sell well, then they're not going to have the capital to do that. And now that Streets of Red sold really well, we're going to be getting uh, updates to that game. And I think that that's okay. A lot of times people think that these developers are, you know, mustache twirling jerks, uh, you know, but they're not. They're not. The developers are often like stand-up guys and ladies that really want to put out an amazing product and they either can or can't depending on the resources that they have available. And usually it's the publisher that kind of gets in the way and does the suity things. And I'll give you an example. DICE is the developer of Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is a fantastic game. EA kind of got their their grubby little mitts in there and screwed things up for them. DICE made an amazing game. EA kind of spoiled it for them. Of course, you know, all the backlash have turned things around and, you know, Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront 2 is a fantastic game and I've played lots of hours of that and had very, very much fun playing that game. Uh, but that's the case where the publisher is getting in the way. It's not the devs. Don't be mad at the devs because they can't promise you everything under the sun. Uh, and, you know, just congratulations to uh, the team at... Um, secret base for streets of red because that game's awesome and uh i i don't know that i'll have much else to say about it now but it's a really good game so definitely check it out oh pac-man i'm beat and i'm hungry thank goodness for pac-man pasta from chef boy rd all right guys i've got some good news for you if you have not already picked up sonic the hedgehog or uh, sonic mania uh you are you're doing it wrong but there's hope for you because sonic Mania Plus is coming out very soon. It is arriving on July 17th, uh, which is pretty far away, it seems like. But right now we got a lot to play. And if you don't already have Sonic Mania, you absolutely should buy Sonic Mania Plus when it comes out. But now we have a date that the game is coming out. It's July 17th. I am very excited for this. Not because, I mean, I already have the game. Uh, but I'm going to be buying the DLC for this game. Even though I didn't finish the original game, I'm going to go back and finish it because I had a lot of fun playing Sonic Mania. We had a tournament for our community. Uh, I think L Link31254 ended up winning a Doc Sock from my wife's Etsy shop uh, because he had finished the the first level in, I think it was 29 seconds or something like that, which is um, just a crazy short amount of time but there is a lot of replay value in sonic mania 
And I imagine that there's going to be even more replay value in Sonic Mania Plus. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Uh, if you want to buy it now, then buy it now. It's not, you know what? It's not going to cost you any different if you buy the game now or if you wait until July 17th in order to pick it up. The difference is that you're not going to get some physical items, but if you were going to buy the game digitally anyway, then who cares? So my recommendation to you is uh, forget the physical stuff because that's just going to clutter up your house unless you got a cool, and if you're watching the video, uh, unless you got cool shelves like I have behind me filled with uh, video game doodads. Um, what, where, where was I? Oh, uh, buy the game digitally now, play the hell out of it because it's an awesome game, and then pick up the DLC for 10 bucks when it comes out in July uh, because Sonic Mania is awesome. And you know what? We all love awesome stuff. Let's review the numbers. Sega Genesis is 16 bits. 3DO is 32 bits. The Atari Jaguar is 64 bits. Which is more advanced? Clifford! Speaking of release dates, we now have a release date for Octopath Traveler for the Nintendo Switch, and that is on July 13th. So that is going to be an expensive month. If you don't already have Sonic Mania, which is coming out on, what did I say, July 17th? Now we've got Octopath coming out on the 13th. That's even more reason for you to go out and buy Sonic Mania now so that you're not buying these games to back-to-back. Uh, so Nintendo of America tweeted this. They said, eight travelers, eight adventures, eight roles to play in Octopath Traveler. Brand new RPG for Nintendo Switch available on July 13th. And that is going to be a day one purchase for me. I am very excited for this game. I think it looks ridiculously fun. And I will say this. Uh, be careful. Don't let your kids play this game. It has some dark stuff going on, even though it looks... Uh, like pixel art uh, kind of game. Uh, it's it's uh, definitely a serious, um, what's the word I want to look for? Serious content or adult content uh, in there. Not like nudity or anything, but there's some horrible things that are said to characters in the demo. And if you are interested at all in RPGs, I suggest you download the demo from the Nintendo Switch eShop uh, because why not? It's a free demo. You can check out the game and find out what it's like. And, you know, I've talked about this before, but I want to make sure everybody remembers that they put out this demo. Square put out this demo. They got a lot of feedback from the players, and they actually listened to the players and changed things. So if you played the demo when it first came out and there were things that were bothering you about it, make sure that you check out. I don't know if they've updated the demo to reflect this, but give the game a shot when it comes out because the things that they said that they fixed were like all of my complaints about the demo. Uh, so like one of the complaints that I had about the demo was the fact that the um, uh, that the saves were like in the wrong spots. So I would I would get to a spot, I would save my game, I would go up against a boss, the boss would monologue for a little while, and then I would get killed because I'm not really... I wasn't really paying too much attention because uh, I was doing 12 other things at the same time. And then I was like, well, all right, well, I'll just reload and fight him again. And I had to listen to the damn monologue again, which was really frustrating. And it was like really long too, like typical Japanese game. It's very, very talky, lots and lots of text. Uh, so um, July 13th, Octopath Traveler. I'm going to be buying it. I'm going to be streaming it. I'm going to be playing it. That game looks fun. Okay, everyone, to wrap up the show, or no, before I wrap up the show, that's what I wanted to say. I've got, um, let's see, one, 
two videos that I want you to check out. Uh, the first one is the latest from the NES Archive. The NES Archive is um, my videos where I'm going through and taking a look at the video games that were on the North American Nintendo Entertainment System. And the latest video in that is Balloon Fight, which was programmed by none other than the guy that we talked about earlier today, Mr. Satoru Iwata. He, you know, he was at E3 one year and he he stood up there and he said, on my brain, or no, in my brain, uh, no, and it was my business. He pulled out his business card. He said, on my business card, it says that I'm a program. Or, uh, no, I'm, it says that I'm president of Nintendo. In my mind, uh, I'm a programmer, and in my heart, I'm a gamer. And that guy poured his everything into pretty much every game that he worked on. And uh, Balloon Fight was one of the first games that he worked on uh, for uh, Nintendo. And uh, it's it was a really fun game. So make sure that you check out my NES Archive uh, video for Balloon Fight. Uh, we also have a uh, first look at a game. It's funny. I talked about Skies of Fury earlier today. And I play and, and when when Skies of Fury came out and I was playing it, I said, boy, it's strange because we don't usually see these um, uh, games like this where it's an aerial combat game where you're flying planes against other planes. And then to have another one come out like a couple weeks later is a big surprise. Uh, so Sky Rogue is a very, very different aerial combat game, whereas uh, Skies of Fury is a game where you are flying in World War One planes and all you've got is bullets. Uh, Sky Rogue has like missile lock on and stuff like that. And they even have this uh, really interesting mechanic where you are you can hold the, the right Joy-Con in your right hand, of course, uh, and the, the other Joy-Con in your, in your other hand like horizontally. And if you're watching... Well, my Joy-Con's up here. I don't. Uh, and if you're watching the video right now, so you've got them like this and you can tilt the uh the right joy con as like a flight yoke and then you can tilt the um the left joy con as like a uh a throttle uh like an old school flight sim controller and it actually worked surprisingly well i mean i don't think i would play with it very often but it was it was pretty surprising how well it worked um, just to go to show you how well constructed the, the Joy-Cons are. They did a really good job on those. But Sky Rogue is my first look at the game, and you can check out that video uh, again on my YouTube channel. Paperboy from Mindscape for your Nintendo Entertainment System. All right, before we wrap this up, I want to take a quick second to thank Johnny Michaels. Uh, they gave a five-star review of uh, the podcast over on iTunes. They said that Switchcraft is their favorite video game podcast. Uh, quote, love this podcast, best Nintendo podcast out there, and probably one of the best video game podcasts. Bill is great, covers everything in a very fun and interesting way. I always feel he thinks the same way as I do about most things, so his opinion is always interesting to me. Love it. Thanks, Bill. Well, big thanks to you, Johnny Michaels, for reviewing the show. Big, big help. Uh, those five-star reviews get us up higher in the rankings, and it makes it much more likely for somebody to click and check out the show for the first time. So if you want to help the show, do that. Big, big help. Another way that you can help the show is by doing a survey. Uh, there is a survey um, which will take about five minutes to fill out. If you've heard me talk about this on previous episodes, I'm going to keep talking about it for a while because not everybody hears every episode. Uh, but 
basically, this survey is so that I can sell the show to advertisers. So I can be like, all right, here's a 30-second spot. Here's a 30-second spot. And I will always keep the ads really, really short and definitely something that I think you guys would be interested in. So it's not going to be... it's not going to be for like face wash or something like that. Cause that's not the kind of thing that, that, that uh, most of my audience would really care about. It's going to be stuff that I think you guys are interested in. So anyway, um, please fill out the survey by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash survey two zero one eight. That's survey 2018. Or you can just follow the link in the show notes. Um, thanks to everybody for being here while I record the show. If you did not know, the live streams are usually a good deal longer than the actual audio show. And that's because we tend to get sidetracked and we talk about other things. Um, so if that sounds good to you, then make sure you come to the live show and hang out with us at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Or if you can't come to the live show because you're busy at that time, you can always watch the full live show uh, over at YouTube. All I all I ever do is cut off the beginning and the end where I've got like music playing because I don't want YouTube to grab those and say, hey, we're going to delete this stuff. Uh, so I cut off the beginning and the end and I post it to YouTube. So you can check that out, check that out over at youtube.com slash run, jump, stomp. And finally, if you're looking for ways to support my content again, five star review survey, but you can also head over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And all of the links there directly help me make content like this. So I really appreciate it. That's it for today. That's all the time we have. If there's a story that I missed or a topic that you would like to discuss, please let me know. And don't forget to make sure that you guys check out Tom Winter and Noteblock because their music is being played here on the podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for hanging out with me. And by the way, the show would not be the same without the chatters. So now is time to thank the people who've been chatting with me while we've been uh, recording the show. We've got Kodiak Moonwolf. Um... Uh, Aerslia is here. We've got electric. No, that's a, that's a fake person there. Uh, Herdy Derp. We've got link 31254, Mr. Pokemon N64, Josh, Fisto, Pudding, Royal Leo, Wolf, Super 80s, TF Wagner, and the Lurkers. You guys are awesome. And of course, um, that chap zap is here. Is he? Yeah, there we go. That chap zap is also here. So, big thank you to you guys for hanging out with me i appreciate it i will see you on what day is today's thursday i'll see you on saturday until then bye bye